0: The Washington commander's preferred head coaching candidate is now free and available to take a new job, but which candidate is going to be the one that gets it that and more on today's episode of locked on commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington commanders, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Welcome into this episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you're getting this podcast. And you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders Insider. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders and become a Locked On Commanders Insider today. You'll get news, inside information, exclusive content, one-on-one conversations with me via text message. No hashtags, no apps, no, no threads to search through, just text messages from me to you. I was texting with my insiders all day during the AFC-NFC championship games, talking about implications for Washington, just the game in general, a whole lot of good stuff going on there. So join the Locked On Commanders Insider Program today. Go to joinsubtext.com slash commanders to get in on the fun over there, I am David Harrison, credential member of the media, covering your Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. And I'm here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And everydayers, you know, I greatly appreciate your support for this show. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash locked on. Use Slash locked on NFL that is use the promo code locked on NFL in all lowercase letters to get a first deposit match up to $100 on today's episode. It's mock draft Monday. So we're looking at one of my favorites. Bucky Brooks of NFL Network dropped his first mock draft. So we're going to review that. Plus, I dropped my latest and we've got an insider mock to dive into. But first, commanders, head coaching candidates, Ben Johnson and Mike McDonald both had their squads. Ben Johnson's Detroit Lions offense, Mike McDonald's Baltimore Ravens defense defense both on the field for the AFC and NFC championship games on Sunday. Unfortunately for them, they both lost. The Detroit Lions lost to uh, the San Francisco 49ers 34 to 31, and the Baltimore Ravens lost to the Kansas City Chiefs 17 to 10. Now, fortunately for Washington Commanders fans, that means that you are almost guaranteed. I would I would say it's about a 90% likelihood that you're going to have a new head coach by the time we launch a new week of Locked Commanders, like By the time we come here on next Monday uh, or for, for next Monday's episode, you will probably know who your new head coach is. I am fairly confident, obviously, by putting the 90% mark on there, that one of these coaches is going to be named the new head coach of the Washington Commanders. Uh, I feel like that's it, guys. I feel like this is a really a two-horse race. We've talked about this the entire time uh, as being a three-candidate race. If there is a third coach, realistically, that has a shot in this thing, I want to say it's probably Bobby Slowick. Um, I know that Dan Quinn uh, has another interview. Anthony Weaver, uh, position coach and assistant head coach uh, for the for the Baltimore Ravens, also had an interview. Uh, things like that. There's certainly other guys that they're talking to, but I just the the vibe is, and I can't tell you that a team source told me this. I can't tell you that Josh Harris told me this or anything like that. But it just feels like a two horse race, and and there are people, not a lot of people, but there are enough people who are kind of shook after watching their teams. Uh, get eliminated from the playoffs on whether or not they're actually the right fit. So let's start with, with Ravens defense coordinator, Mike McDonald, uh, because his team played first. Ravens, again, followed the Kansas City Chiefs 17 to 10. Here's here's the thing. Here's where people are shook a little bit by Mike McDonald is that his offense or his defense rather allowed 17 points to the Kansas City Chiefs in the first half of the AFC championship game. And so they gave up 221 yards in the first half. They allowed the Chiefs to convert five of nine third downs in the first half. And Travis Kelsey had nine catches, 96 yards, a touchdown in the first half. And then Patrick Mahomes completed 20 of 25 pass attempts for 161 yards and a touchdown all in the first half. So certainly not a great first half of football for the Baltimore Ravens defense. But the real true mark of a leader and an effective coach is the ability to rally the troops when things are hard and the ability to adjust the game plan, adjust the strategy when things are not going well. In the second half, the Baltimore Ravens defense allowed zero points to those same Kansas City Chiefs. They allowed only 101 yards of total offense. They held the Chiefs offense to three for eight on third downs. Kelsey was held to two catches for 21 yards or 20 yards. Mahomes did complete 10 of 14 passes, still pretty good completion percentage, but he only got 80 yards off those. That's eight yards per completion on average in the second half. And that includes... All of that includes a 32-yard gain on one play towards the end of the game that really kind of sealed the deal. And, of course, you don't want to see that 32-yard completion at the end of the game, right? You want to see that defense hold up and get off the field and give their offense one last chance. But the the bottom line is, even with the defense playing more undisciplined than usual, there were some really dumb penalties, some really dumb blown coverages and and things like that. They committed some, some uncharacteristic mistakes. The Baltimore Ravens defense 100% gave that team an opportunity to come back against the Chiefs and potentially win that game and head to the Super Bowl. Held the Chiefs offense to four points lower than their season average, despite the fact they gave up 17 points in the first half. Uh, And like I said, bottom line, just gave up, uh, gave the Ravens a chance. And the Ravens offense responded by only scoring three points in the last three quarters of the game. Outside the first quarter of the game, the Ravens only scored three total points. Uh, That is why the Ravens lost, not because of Mike McDonald's unit, They actually showed some resilience. Speaking of showing resilience, Lions offense, Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, his first four plays of the game really stood out. Right. Because you guys have heard me every day. as You've heard me talk about this a lot during our pregame episodes where I talk about here's some areas where the opposing defense seems to be weak. Probe those areas with your scripted plays, all right? If they if they don't they don't usually defend runs to the right very well, let's run to the right. If they don't usually defend the screen very well, let's run some screens. Let's run some things that the stats and the and the, and the analytics and the tape tell us our opponent's not good at playing against. Let's see if we can be successful there. And once we find a place to be successful, let's continue to do those things. Offensive coordinator Ben Johnson's first four play calls of the game as the Detroit Lions took on San Francisco 49ers. A stretch run Right a run between the tackles, a play action where the play was actually going to the left to a wide open tight end and an end around from left to right uh, to a receiver for a touchdown. Literally using the entire stretch of the field, you used a receiver, you used two running backs and you used a tight end. Using all your weapons, moving the defense, getting your quarterback on the move, versatility, creativity, and involvement. That is what you saw in four plays out of Ben Johnson and guys, that stuff though, to be honest, that stuff we didn't necessarily see for entire games worth of game plans with the Washington Commanders last year. Uh, ben Johnson's offense had seven drives finish in scoring range or with a touchdown. Now, while the Detroit Lions lose this game, I don't put this loss on Ben Johnson or the Detroit Lions offense specifically. I look at this as a situation where you could actually look at Ben Johnson's unit and find that resiliency there. As the 49ers are coming back to rally, to to, to tie the game, to take over the game, to get the lead uh, late in the game, the game's still in reach. His coordinator, uh, Ben Johnson, D- uh, Dan Campbell's coordinator, construct, constructs, coordinates, right? Drives that get the Detroit Lions offense in the field goal range With a chance to tie the game. What does Dan Campbell do? He opts to go for it on fourth down. They fail. They turn the ball over on downs. Broadcaster Greg Olson is talking about you can't judge the decision based off the outcome. You have to judge it based on the decision. The decision was good. Every day, as you already know, I am very consistent in my fourth down, my going for it on fourth down uh, feelings. My consistent feelings are the same here as they are with every other game I cover in the NFL going for it on fourth down when it's unnecessary and it doesn't actually give you any more than a, maybe a feeble uh, advantage is is, it's, it's to me, it shows weakness. It shows that, you know, there's only two things you're doing with going forward on fourth down that early. You're either showing that, you know, you can't beat your opponent without being drastic or you know you're going to just run over your team and you're just looking to rub their face in it. Well, the Detroit Lions weren't in that position, so the only other answer is the other one. You're showing the 49ers that you know you can't beat them without drastic decision-making. Now, I'm going to give Dan Campbell credit here because his mentality is just aggression. His mentality is something going to punch you in the face and score touchdowns on every possession. That's who he's been. That's what got the Detroit Lions to the NFC Championship game, so I will give him some credit there, but that doesn't take away the fact that I disagree with the call regardless of the result, Okay. But the bottom line is this: even with the 49ers rallying, even with some uncharacteristic drops from Lions players, Ben Johnson was able to get his offense up and moving to the point where they got two or inside the 49ers' 30-yard line three times in the second half. That has the potential. They scored a touchdown on one of those. They they had turnovers on down in field goal range on two others. So that means you have a scoring potential of 13 points when you score 24 points in the first half. That's 37 points of Ben Johnson's offense. Put themselves in situations to produce for this team. They lost 34 to 31. Now, I'm not saying that if they take those field goals, the Niners don't have another miraculous comeback and score touchdowns where they got field goals and all that other stuff. I'm not saying that happens. But the bottom line is: did the Detroit Lions offense put this team in position to have 37 points on the scoreboard? Yes, they did. Ben Johnson did that. The, the San Francisco 49ers defense gave up 17 and a half points per game in the regular season. Ben Johnson's offense led by Jared Goff put up twice that amount or at least had the opportunity to put up twice that amount more than twice that amount in the nfc championship game on the road in san francisco that is an impressive job not a defeating job so if you have confidence or you have concerns about ben johnson or mike mcdonald hopefully those examples there show you both of their units were resilient they weren't perfect but they were resilient and they each gave their team chances to win their games so the eyes now on the future when will the head coach be hired when will the head coach be announced Mike McDonald's in-person interview with the Washington Commanders is happening Monday. Ben Johnson's is happening Tuesday. Dan Quinn, who I know a lot of my insiders are worried about, his in-person is supposed to be on Thursday or later this week. I don't know that they even get to the Dan Quinn interview before a hire hire, uh, is announced or a hire is being made and they just cancel those appointments. So. We'll look to the future. Mock Draft Monday is coming up. Today's Monday, so we got a Mock Draft Monday. I lay one down. I've got an insider lay one down coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and it is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and then tune in to find out if your predictions come true. This weekend on Prize Picks, I took Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey for more than 39 and a half receiving yards. Ravens kicker Justin Tucker to make more than one and a half field goals. 49ers running back Chris- Christian McCaffrey to gain more than half a yard rushing. And Lions running back Jameer Gibbs to gain more than 75 and a half total yards of offense. I made my picks, submitted my entry in less than 60 seconds, and it really added another layer to my viewing experience. Go to prizepickscom slash NFL. Use the promo code LockedOnNFL, all lowercase. For a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that promo code locked on NFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. Pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL is the site. Prizepicks daily fantasy sports made easy. On now with today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Thanks again for being a Locked On Commanders. First listener, first view today and every day. Every day is come back tomorrow. We're bound to have some sort of news uh, pertaining to this head coaching search coming. So come back tomorrow. We will talk about all of that. Uh, my plan right now, barring anything that just takes over the entire episode, I'm actually going to drop out a fleshed out staff for each of those two primary head coach candidates, Mike McDonald and Ben Johnson insiders. Some of that is going to sound a little bit familiar from our command huddle this past weekend. I already kind of told you about that. So that'll be coming tomorrow. I'm going to give you each guy's offensive coordinators, defense coordinators. And I'm even going to give you a special teams coordinator just because I'm feeling generous. And honestly, my answer is a little bit simple and you might not like it. Uh, so come back for that tomorrow. Locked on is lots of first ever national sports, 24 seven streaming channel on YouTube as well. Locked On Sports today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with your local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first-ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, moving on to mock, mock Draft Monday. Now we've talked a little bit about the head coaching search. Turn our attention now to the NFL draft. Of course, the NFL world is converging on Mobile, Alabama this week. The draft starts in Mobile is the slogan of the Reese Senior Bowl, uh, and that is indeed the case, scouts, GMs, coaches, all kinds of people are going to be in Mobile checking out these prospects. And so we're going to talk about these prospects. What could potentially come out of them? Insider Keith sent me a mock draft scenario uh, to follow. And this is something that we'll be doing this offseason is I'll be letting my insider send me trade scenarios or draft scenarios or or what have you. I even got one comment from someone who thought they were funny and said, draft nothing but special teams players. And you know what? I could actually do that. If one of my insiders does that, I will actually do that for you. Um, But I don't think you're going to like how, uh, how, how smart I think I am in in doing that whole thing. So we'll see what, what comes of that. But insider Keith sent me a trade opportunity. And basically the trade scenario is this, the Washington commanders trade the number two overall pick to the new England Patriots in exchange. They get picks number three, number 34 and number 68. So those three picks in this year's draft, I actually messaged uh, Mike debate of locked on Patriots. And I said, Hey Mike, uh, you know, what do you think of this trade potential? Is this something that you could see this, this version of the new England Patriots doing post bill Belichick, Uh, Or not? Or do you think this is completely overblown? Because we don't want to get too ridiculous out here, right? Um, He said no. He said he thinks that under the Jared Mayo era and, you know, if Bill Belichick was here, you know, absolutely not. But with Jared Mayo in, and especially if they have their eye on one of the specific quarterbacks that is remaining on the board, then they absolutely, he could absolutely see them going all in to get the quarterback that they want uh, so they could make this trade. So, let's pretend that happens. And so the Washington commanders now give up the number two overall pick to the new England Patriots. And in return, like I said, they get number three, 34 and 68. So for this mock draft, uh, again, I'm only doing three round mock drafts until the compensatory picks are announced because after you get through three rounds, uh, the compensatory picks come in. So the guy you get, you know, with the, with the second pick in the fourth round, not going to be there likely in the fourth round, because he's going to be a third round comp pick more than likely. Um, So again, So, and I mean, and that's just the chip of the iceberg on how these draft stock, the draft positions are going to fluctuate, right? So, first three rounds, here's what we have now. The the Washington Commanders now have number three, number 34, number 40, number 67, number 68, and number 100. That's three picks in the top 50. That's six in the top 100. So, again, Mike DeBate of Locked On Patriots approved this trade as a possibility, not saying that he's advocating for it necessarily, but yes, it is a possibility, especially if the New England Patriots love them some Drake may, which is exactly who the simulator had them take. So Caleb Williams went to the Chicago bears. We made this trade and the new England Patriots, got themselves Drake may with the number three overall pick. I took quarterback Jaden Daniels. I went ahead and went with that quarterback because I've said this before every day as you've already heard me say this, and this is not a full blown analysis on Jaden Daniels yet, but where we are today, it's much less risky to take a young quarterback. One that maybe isn't completely finished like Drake may like Jaden Daniels, heck like Caleb Williams in some people's eyes, if you're trading back, because now we're not just drafting Jaden Daniels, we're drafting Jaden Daniels and the number 34 and the number 40 overall picks. We're actually getting three bites at the apple to make that number two overall pick turn into a blue chip contributor. So Jaden is not alone in trying to make this first round pick successful, if you follow what I'm putting down, because the very next pick number 34 actually comes to us by way way, the new England Patriots. So before we even pick one of our own organic selections, we're already getting two bites at the apple of turning number two into a successful player. And we're going offensive tackle Troy Fatanu out of Washington. I feel you're going to hear his name a lot this mock draft season until he moves firmly into the first round. And he's just no longer available in the second round for me. He is a left tackle. So we got ourselves a quarterback and a left tackle to go with him. Pick number 36. This is one of the picks that the Washington Panthers already owns. We're going defensive line here. We're going Byron Murphy, the second out of Texas, not an edge rusher. He is an interior defensive lineman. So in this scenario, you're probably looking at Jonathan Allen no longer being part of the team. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm just saying if that happens, of course, we probably have some other draft compensation. So kind of putting the cart before the horse there. You can go ahead and call me out for it. It's OK. I'll take that. Number 40, we go back to the offensive line. Offense tackle Tyler Guyton out of Oklahoma. He is a right tackle. So we got a quarterback. We got a left tackle. We got a right tackle. Number 67, we're going tight end Jatavion Sanders out of Texas. Number 68, linebacker Jeremiah Trotter out of Clemson. Number 100, we're going guard Cooper Beebe out of Kansas State. He's a left guard. So we got ourselves a new left tackle, right tackle, left guard, quarterback, D lineman, tight end, and a new linebacker. Then we got a lot of good players here, a lot of blue chip players here. And we look at the PFF board. They actually give me an A for this draft. So they give me an A for Jane Daniels. A minus for Troy Fatanu, A minus for Byron Murphy, they gave me a B minus for Tyler Guyton, probably because he is a right tackle. A for Jatavian Sanders, A minus for Jeremiah Trotter, A minus for Cooper Beebe, and they give me an A minus overall. So that is the grade according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, Keith's version at number three, he took Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver, out of Ohio State. Uh, 34, he took quarterback J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan. 36, he took tackle Tyler Guyton out of Oklahoma, so similar pick there. Uh, 40, he took tackle Jordan Morgan out of Arizona, a very solid left tackle prospect in the in the middle of the draft. Uh, 67, he went linebacker Edger and Cooper out of Texas A&M. 68, he went edge Adisa Isaac out of Penn State. Very big fan of Adisa. Uh, I did not get an edge, so potentially a flaw there, but I went offensive line twice instead. Uh, 100 overall, tight end Brevin spanned Ford out of Minnesota. So that is my version, his version of the trade number two to the New England Patriots for those three picks scenario. But we've got an expert mock draft. Bucky Brooks has been doing this a lot longer than I have, and he's probably been a lot more successful at it than I have. So let's see what he's got coming up in his first mock draft of the season. That's next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This next segment is brought to you by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off of our chest, whether it's big, whether it's small, certain things are really start to get to you sometimes, and it's important to let that out, especially to someone who is unbiased in your life. So today, I want to say how I really feel about something. You might have even been thinking about the same thing this week, this month, this year, whatever it is, and it's the preference of offensive head coaches versus defensive head coaches. Ultimately, the head coach needs to lead both sides of the ball. The head coach isn't just responsible for one side of the ball. And he's also responsible, by the way, for the special team. So this obsession over wanting an offensive head coach or a defensive head coach, to me, just doesn't make a lot of sense. That was therapeutic for me. Therapy can be different for everyone. And most of us, honestly, have bigger problems than what's going on with our favorite sports team. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. So visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com. Slash locked on. Final segment here of Locked On Commanders mock draft Monday. So, how uh, we're going to do drop mock draft Monday this week or this year, uh, I'm going to drop my mock draft. Sometimes it'll be scenario based, sometimes it'll be a full first rounder, sometimes it'll be just my own third rounder, what have you. We're going to mix it up as the year goes on. Uh, And then we're going to have an insider mock draft. One of my insiders sharing their insight into what they think is going to happen with this team or what they want to have happen with this team. Then we're going to turn to an expert. Uh, A lot of them are going to be Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks are two of my favorites. We already did Daniel Jeremiah's first mock draft of of the season last week. So this week we're turning our attention to Mr. Bucky Brooks who dropped his the day after Daniel Jeremiah dropped his own. And with his first mock draft, he has the Chicago bears taking Caleb Williams Number one overall, I believe both he and DJ had that same result. They both also had the Washington Commanders taking quarterback Drake May out of North Carolina with the number two overall pick. Bucky saying, quote, the commanders should take May and sit him behind his former North Carolina teammate Sam Howell until he is ready to assume control as the franchise quarterback. May offers immense talent and potential, but with only two years of starting experience at UNC, he would benefit from an apprenticeship before taking over as QB one down the road. End quote. Now this is interesting because I think it does, it, it, it kind of satisf- satisfies two schools of thought where uh, one school of thought thinks that Sam Howell, what you saw the last four or five weeks of the season is the real Sam Howell. And he's a total bust, which he's a fifth round pick. So I don't know how he can be a bust, but he's a total bust. Uh, he's never going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, and if he goes out there, Honestly, like you might already believe it, but for those who don't believe it, if he goes out there and performs that way, then even the ones who don't believe it right now will really have no choice but to admit finally that, yes, Sam is not cut out to be the quarterback if that's what you think. Um, the other part of it is the team needs to go after a young quarterback. Drake May is obviously a young quarterback with a lot of potential. A lot of people have him as the number two quarterback on their board. Some people have Jaden Daniels up there, but obviously both DJ and Bucky uh, at least see him as the better fit for Washington than they do Jaden. even if they don't have... Drake as their number two player necessarily. We don't know that yet. Their top 50 has yet to come out. Bottom line is, you know, it kind of satisfies a lot of monikers. I would assume there's probably a veteran in the mix here as well in that quarterback room. Jane Daniels does end up going number three in Bucky's mock draft to the new England Patriots. So obviously Bucky doesn't think there's this like grand Canyon size gap between the two quarterbacks, but, He does have Drake May ahead of Jane Daniels, at least in his first mock draft of the season. Number four, the Cardinals take Marvin Harrison Jr., the receiver out of Ohio State that Keith took at number three in his mock draft. Number five, the Los Angeles Chargers take Georgia tight end Brock Bowers. Uh, That's the top five. Looking at the NFC East, the New York Giants at number six take wide receiver Roma Dunze out of Washington. Uh, The Philadelphia Eagles get number or at number 22, take cornerback Nate Wiggins out of Clemson. The Dallas Cowboys, number 24, take offensive tackle Tyler Guyton out of Oklahoma and that kind of brought me to the next part of this. I want to look through, like I said to you guys, you know, going through these mock drafts, guys are going to shift all off season long, all draft preparation long, as more evaluations get done, as more information comes in, as more sources start to speak, these guys are going to shift up and down the boards uh, for the next three months, you know, before we finally get to the actual NFL draft. And we saw four player, three players, sorry, that we got in our mock draft through the PFF mock draft simulator in later than first rounds. Uh, go in the first round. So defensive lineman Byron Murphy, the second out of Texas, uh, who I think I got in with our first pick in the second round. He ends up going to the Seattle Seahawks at number 16, according to Bucky Brooks. Uh, offensive tackle Troy Fatanum, who we got out of Washington. The uh, left tackle ends up going to the Houston Texans at number 23 overall. I just mentioned Tyler Guyton, the right tackle out of Oklahoma. He goes under number 24 to the Dallas Cowboys. And just for prosperity's you know, focus court cornerback, Quinone Mitchell out of Toledo, a prospect that I told every dares I'm very excited about. I'm kind of very interested and again, I've got to see what the, 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 the coaching hires are going to be and what that means for scheme and all that stuff. But just in a vacuum, really a big fan of Quinone Mitchell's game uh, out of Toledo. He goes number 31 overall to the San Francisco 49ers. So obviously Bucky Brooks is pretty high on Quinone as well. So that is our mock draft from Bucky. Again, he's just doing a first rounder right now. So the Washington commanders get Drake may, at number two overall. That's going to wrap up today's, this week's mock draft. Monday coming up tomorrow. Again, if there's any specific news about the coaching staff, we'll obviously talk about that. If not, we're still going to be talking about the future of the coaching staff. I'm going to flesh out Mike McDonald's staff for him. I'm going to flesh out Ben Johnson's staff for him. That's all on tomorrow's episode. In the meantime, you got questions or comments? Throw them in the YouTube comment section or become a Locked On Commanders Insider and text me directly by going to joinsubtext.com/slash/locked-on-commanders. As always, thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day, every day, Every day Thanks for coming through on a regular basis like you do. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind. I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.